When you're a jet, you're a jet All the way from your first cigarette To your last dying day When you're a jet, let them do what they can You've got brothers around, you're a family man You're never alone, you're never disconnected You're home with your own Companies expected, you're well protected Then you are set with a capital J Which you'll never forget till they cart you away When you're a jet, you stay a jet This is Peter Barnes and you're listening to the NYJ Couch Couch Podcast Welcome, everybody, to the New York Jets Couch Couch Podcast. This is your host, Peter Antonelli. Here with my co-host, Justin Schwendeman. What's going on, Jet fans? Producer and editor, David Schwendeman, in the background. And let's do a little house cleaning here before we get into our first loss, unfortunately. Claimed Dion Bailey off waivers today. Cut who we had also claimed from the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, Ronald Martin, to make room for him. Uh, yeah, I like this. I don't think Ronald Martin was anything. We've never really seen him you play. You just guys. hating because he took Rontez's spot. No, but this guy is obviously taking Rontez's spot as well. So it's not. Thank you for looking at it so, that way. So, so it's not. It's not that I look at it like that. But I think Dion Bailey is, is probably a little upgrade from from Ronald Martin. And obviously, McCagnan and Bowles think so as well. I think it's just a little bit of a trade off. You, you looked at Martin a couple weeks. Bailey, somebody they liked a little more, became available. That's the burning and churning, as we've said, of the bottom of the roster. So you take a shot, but I love that you brought up Rontez in that aspect because, again, he gets jumped for another out-of-house candidate. So it's it's it can't be everybody. You know what? We, we don't see him out there daily. We see him flying around, but we don't see him out there daily. You don't know what the coaches don't like. Yeah, um, I'm still su- I'm still surprised by it though. You know, like somebody that's been through training camp multiple times with the Jets and has played his heart out during during his time to make the team. It, it it's just it's just crazy that we won't bring him up and give him an opportunity on game days. The thing that's odd with Bailey, six foot two eleven, second year he was undrafted out of USC, I odd last year. So for all intents and purposes, it's his rookie season. He played a lot of linebacker at USC, almost what Sua Cravens is doing out there now. It's for a guy like Ronald Martin and Ron Tez, what we're talking about, you don't look at it like a free safety type of role. So it's odd that that's the type of guy that we're still out there looking for. Just you look at this defense and what Gilchrist has provided thus far, free is where you kind of want to say you'd be looking for somebody. But they keep bringing in, quote unquote, in the box safeties. It just looks like Bowles just wants another blitzer, another blitzer. Oh my God, does he blitz so much? Not that I'm hating on it, but oh my goodness, he just wants everybody to be able to blitz, get through the line, get to that quarterback. It's unbelievable how many times he blitzes a game. Well, we'll see what type of opportunity Bailey gets. Uh, another guy getting an opportunity on our practice squad is wide receiver Titus Davis. This is a guy who had some big time stats at Central Michigan. He was undrafted this year. 6'1", 196, a lot of experience in terms of collegiate level, four-time, all-conference, all that. A lot of experience playing the wide receiver position. And he also offers a little bit on the return game. So you never know if a guy like that gets a true shot, but he's on the practice squad, part of the team. Jordan Williams, defensive end out of Tennessee, was let go to make room for him. You never know you get lucky. It's part of the, the movement at the bottom end, and... You take a shot on the Titus Davis, somebody goes down, he has to get called up, you never know. That's the bottom line. Darrell Richardson, 
who impressed a lot of Jet fans both here and and people you you talk to. He's getting a shot down in Houston's practice squad. I kind of think he's got a chance to maybe get an opportunity there for himself. I think he does too, but uh, I think Arian Foster's coming back in the next two weeks. So I think Arian's got that thing sold uh, shut right there. But I think, uh, what is it, Alfred Blue, he's played. He's, uh, yes, Alfred Blue's played well for the last two years. He plays well, and they like the dude Polk. So I don't think they got a, I don't think they have a problem down there. I don't think Daryl Richardson makes the team this year for them. I like the way Richardson ran the ball. We had conversations about it. What you've seen from Zach Stacy thus far in very limited action and a little bit of kick returning this week. Would you have maybe given Richardson a little bit more of an opportunity? Um, not me personally. I like I like Stacy. I like his little ball of muscle energy. I I I enjoy watching him run, especially when our offensive line is playing well. But um, kick returning, I wasn't a fan of that. I didn't think he needed to be back there. But I think he's better yeah, than Richardson. But you I look think- at the way they used Ivory. Ivory was dressed as an emergency back, in my opinion. So you know what Powell's bringing, and really, he's the guy that would have been back there. Yeah, it's just next man up. Yeah, I just don't think Zach Stacy's the best kick returner we want back there. Um, I would even put Devin uh, Devin Smith up there. To do you want to limit his snaps? He no, we're I, gonna I get, get to it. it. But I felt he impressed playing wide receiver. Uh, we talked about Richardson being down with the Texans on their practice squad. That's a place Odeyabushi is now starting. Insane. I'm bringing that up because Willie Colon goes out with a knee sprain. Going to be week to week, but definitely missing this what week. What is with the Jets and knee sprains? Listen, I don't understand. Will you take the sprains for the way some of our injuries have looked and or been described? Would you take the sprain over over the tear? I was just about to say, yeah, I would take the sprain over an ACL tear or MCL or anything, any kind of tear. But my goodness, it's like a cold. I it hear, is like a cold. Listen, I hear you, but again, I I'll take it. And I'm never a proponent of an early buy. I like the buy second half of the season, midway through. You reload. We need it right now. We got a lot of little soft nagging type injuries. I don't think Cologne's going to be coming back. Right after the bye. I think he may need another week. And you know what? Brian Winners now has to step in because Odeyabushi isn't there. So if Winners plays well enough, do you think about leaving him in there? Does Cologne automatically come back and get the nod and have to play himself out? How do you view it? For me, we, we make fun of Willie all the time. I'm, I'm, you know me. I make fun of Willie all the time. I'm getting pancaked this little past week. That was, but, that was something. But let me, let me just say that I, I think he, he deserves the, the job on the line when he comes back. I think he's, one of our, he's our oldest veteran. He's he's uh, he's a good veteran. He's a good leader. If if you guys say anything good about Willie Colon, he's a good leader, especially for that line. You gotta, you gotta get it done on the field, though. Espe- bottom line. Especially for for the line. But I think that he's he's a better option than Winners for me. I don't think Winners is gonna impress us in any way. Well, I used O'Day as the bridge there because that was our option last year, and Winners went down with the ACL, and there was talk of him being replaced. As it was, Abushi started to get reps. K came in, started ten games. And you and I both not only had him on our 53, but I talked about Abushi starting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm it's a gamble that McCagnan's taken. Again, you would look at it like bottom of the roster, but now the guy's in the starting 11. So we got to see how it, how it plays out. Guy who missed out on our starting 11 or at least starting cast, Jeremy Curley. We were Woo-hoo! begging for how long. Go, That's the man. first place I'm going as we get into this Eagle game. Jeremy Curley balled out. Played a lot. 
I didn't I didn't love how they used him early. Obviously, they were making him block and stuff like that. I I don't know what I don't know what Chan Gelly was thinking. I thought the, the offensive coaching early in the game was extremely horrible to me. Extremely but, horrible. Okay. But um, <laughs> Jeremy Crowley, yeah, he balled out, man. He did exactly what I to- what I what I've been saying on here is that he plays like a big man. At such a small guy and playing in the slot. Yes, so. but his size was evident on a couple plays. The first down he couldn't get. That amazing catch he had. Your legs are a little longer. They come down quicker. These are the little things that at 5'10", 5'11", you're not pulling off. But that's the player you want out there. And those as we guys say, that make those plays. As we say balling, balling out here. Six for 33 and a touchdown. A lot of people, uh, that's, that's not all that great of a game. But for the way he was being treated for that that short period of time, and we know as a fan base what Jeremy Curley can do. Is he a world beater? No, but Jeremy Curley's a solid guy, solid out there, and I'm happy for him. He got his opportunity, he took advantage. I think Fitzpatrick said the same same thing after the game. He he loves how Jeremy Curley plays. He loves he loves his intensity. He loves how he practices. He said all that. He he said he loved how he played that uh, during the Eagle game. I think he, he played amazing. I think he was looked at a lot, too. I, I didn't expect him to get as many looks as he did. Okay. Now, before we get into the Eagle game, we got we to gotta at least give the shout-out to your boy. Go ahead. Yeah, Winston Jones, Winsanity. Uh, yes, I, I, to, I called you. Well, you called me right before the game, buddy, and I told you we were going to gut you. But... I'm, we we took a loss. Y'all played better. We'll take it on the chin. Yeah, y'all like like the, the Mario said, we a lost win. round three on the round four. A win is a win. A win is a win. Don't mean I'm going to call you and say the Eagles are winning any game after this. This might be the only one of the year. I'm just, <laughs> I want to talk some smack now. This might be the only one of the year, buddy. All right. Well, a play that helped them pull off that win. Brandon Marshall, what are you doing? Like he said... Will be the worst plays in NFL history? Like he said at halftime, which I liked. I enjoyed that Brandon Marshall said right at halftime how bad the play it was. But, man, it was so boneheaded. Brutal. So boneheaded. Brutal. You're reeling. You rip off 15 in the first down. And not for nothing, we've all seen the play how many times now. If Cumberland gets his hands on that ball, he's losing yardage in comparison to the spot Marshall had. The, the scenario is ridiculous that... I understand the spark and wanting to make a play, but that's not the time, man. It, it was just, I, like you said, he got ahead of the story. You got to get ahead of the story. It's that embarrassing. Yeah. It, it, it's something I don't think you have to worry about moving forward. I hope you don't have to worry about moving forward. But when you lose a game by seven points, you can point a finger at that. You can point a finger at the, at the punt return for a touchdown. Let me see. That, that was butt fumble esque right there. That was yes. very that, no. You know what that was? That was behind the back against Tennessee. That was trying to bring it behind the back with Geno. That's what that was. I mean, where is your head? What are you doing? Now we can just we can call it down to jet plays. That's what we can call them. Down. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. A jet that I felt made a couple nice plays for us was Bilal Powell. I felt he showed his game a little bit, and again. You look at the stat line, nothing there that's wowing you. But the little swivel, the picking up eight and then dipping out of bounds, the breaking of the tackle, picking up the extra three, blitz protection, it's what Bilal Powell does. I, I think Bilal Powell is extremely intelligent, one of the smartest players on our offense. 
I think Bilal Powell is. I'm not, I wasn't surprised what I, what I saw. I think he's a, he's as steady as anybody comes on our offense. He does the same things over and over again. We know we we know what to expect from him. Now you look at the running line, and you'll say, "How are you talking about a running back?" But when you ask your quarterback to throw it 58 times, you're not running the ball well. I'm just trying to bring up the fact that he he showed a little good at everything, jack of all trades. He's not a one. We know he's not a one. But when Ivory gets back in there. That's what Bilal Powell offers you off the bench. I don't want Fitzpatrick throwing it 58 times. I think that's ridiculous. 35 of 58 for 276, two touchdowns and three picks. I, I think it's ridiculous that he threw that much. Obviously, I know that they had to try to catch up and stuff like that, but you gotta, you gotta, you got to run the ball or, or attempt to run the ball multiple times. You cannot throw the ball 58 times. I don't want Fitzpatrick ever throwing the ball 58 times, even if we're ahead. You ask him to do that, that three picks is going to be a minimum on on that little Exactly, exactly. You cannot make him throw 58 times. I think the coaching was – I think we got out-coached. I think they got out-coached this game. I I, want to put some blame on the players. I'll put blame on the players, but I think they really did get out-coached, especially offensive scheme. I think they were not prepared. I can't fully agree with you. I cannot fully agree with you because where I was going to go next here, Devin Smith – and his promising play, and he did play a lot. But I'm looking at Devin Smith open. I, 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 you gotta hit it, and he consistently was under throwing the ball. There was you talked about the the the, the batting down of balls, and how can you not get it past the line? He struggled against the rush, but the rush was in his face. I, I think the Jets weren't prepared for what the Eagles had. I think they they saw that they lost two games, and they were a, a much worse team than they were. And I, I think they were not prepared. I think defensively they weren't prepared either. They did not plan for Darren Sproles, who was a major part of the offense, as, as well as Ryan Matthews, who was running out of the backfield. I think that, that was, that's coaching right there for me. I think they were not prepared. I, 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 can't, I can't get on board with that. I really can't. I, I'm not going to only point the finger at our quarterback position in Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I can't get on board with scheme being the main problem. Execution I think play was calling, our problem. I think play calling was bad, too. Offensively, play you calling. You can nitpick play calling in any Obviously, game. I just thought it did not look as smooth as it did the last two games. And that's play calling right there. The last two games, we were play calling. They were perfect play calls. We did not have we did not have a good play call series at all throughout a, that game. A desperate team is a dangerous team, and this team came in and needed a win. So take this one on the chin. Let's move on to Miami. But I don't think it's anything that that was such a red flag. We really need to be worried. I didn't like not, Todd Bowles' challenge. He's now zero for three, as we talked about. I didn't like that. But I'm we're not seeing substitution issues. We're not seeing any of that yet, and the guy is a rookie coach. So a lot of our coaching staff is getting their first shot on a bigger stage. You can't just put it on to scheme and, and play calling. This game was execution. This game wasn't X's and O's. It was Jimmy's and Joe's. I'm not worried. Don't don't make it sound like I'm worried here. This this doesn't mean that I think my whole the whole season is upside down. I think we got offensively outcoached. Or them defensively outcoached us on our offense. That doesn't mean I'm worried for the rest of the season. And I think that Todd Poles got a little outcoached on his on Chip Kelly's offense. Listen, that doesn't enough. scare me. I'm just saying that I, this game, I think there was an outcoaching here. I don't. I, I put blame on the players, but I'm going to put some blame on the coaching. Fair coaching enough. can't be perfect. Fair enough. You got to remember our running back one, Chris Ivory, and a guy who people have a lot to say about. 
But the last two years, when Eric Decker has been taken away from our offense, it's been evident. And you play the game without Decker, you got to say you play the game without Ivory because he was simply an emergency quarterback, same type of situation. They were missed. They were really missed. So there's, there's other ends of it in terms of how a game was called and, and how we can't get a running game really going. But maybe if Chris Ivory's in there beating him down a little more, that's going that the game takes a different light. I think that Chris Ivory was missed more than Decker, personally. I think that Decker was missed, obviously. He's a great, he's a good, our second wide receiver. Of course he's going to be missed. But I think that on that side, Fitzpatrick messed up more with, with having Devin Smith open all over the field. So Decker, so Decker being out wasn't huge for me, but I think that Chris Ivory being out, he's the engine of our team, just like everybody says. He, he is what gets our team going. Uh, players say that. Coaches say that. I think that th that's a huge reason why our offense wasn't steady. And Decker being out hurts us, but I don't think it hurt us as much as Chris Ivory being out. Once again, I got to say I disagree, but an argument for another time. You know what injury I think is hurting us right now? And it was a guy who everybody was down on, the staff as well. Jason Morrow, because our tight end position is giving us nothing. Jeff Cumberland blows, man. You blow, bro. I'm so sorry. Right, you blow. It no, it's straight here. up. It's straight up. He He's not had good. His first, had his first catch this week. He Again, had another not, drop. He's not good. Yes, neither is Kellen and Davis, on, who missed a big tackle on the bump been return. On, he's been on this team a very long time. Too long. Too long. He's not good. I'm sorry, buddy. You're not good. I, I, you're not a good Jet. Sorry, I can't stand behind you, bud. <laughs> what would your feelings be toward a Martellus Bennett? Chicago looks like they're having a fire sale. Jared Allen traded today for the Pan to the Panthers. Ja uh, Bostick, John Bostick traded today to the Patriots. If, if this guy's on the block, you take a shot. If you know me, I like Martellus Bennett. I think he's a good tight end. I think he's a freak. But I know he's got off-the-field issues. I know he's got locker room issues. Do I want that on the team now? I don't think so. But I love Martellus Bennett. I think he's a beast, and I think he can help us win if he can keep his mouth closed and do his job. But if he's going to come here with some, with some smack talk, if him and Marshall had some problems in Chicago, anything like that, I don't want any Seemed of that. It like yet. everybody had problems and in Chicago when they I, were all together. I think Bowles being such an old-school old coach is somebody to sniff that out before coming to this team. So uh, I don't have a, if they bring him here, I'm all for it. I love Martellus Bennett. I think he's a beast. They don't bring him here. I'm fine with it. This was something that Joe Caposaro had turned on the Jets brought up. And I kind of went, uh, went and threw something at him there in terms of the locker room vibe. And I, I, was, I was just surprised that you as well, some, I would like to go after that. Oh, that would be something. Me and the producer Dave were talking about it. And he said, I want no part of him. And I'm in that boat. Marshall has come here as a... As a personality that people question and has fit in well we have a good vibe going in this locker room for all the talent a martellus bennett brings i don't know if i want to take that risk right now to me i i, I think we don't i don't bring up marshall's uh locker room issues especially coming from the team he just came from i think that he had he had he had a, he did a good thing in, with jay cutler over there and i don't think he was a huge uh, locker room issue. I know he has had issues before. He has a personality disorder. But I don't think that there was no worry about him coming here for me. We had this conversation on the podcast before. I didn't have an issue. There was no issue. It's been a, a long time since he had any issue. Martellus Bennett, on the other hand, he's, he can be a loose cannon sometimes. 
I don't um, need that in the locker room. I don't need that either. Now, I'm not saying we don't have guys that can control that. But I just, I'm not spending an asset on that, bringing that here. And you're talking midseason. How often does the midseason acquisition make that big of an impact? To me, though, if Todd Bowles and McKagan think, think that he's going to help us and he's not going to have locker room issues, this guy can really help us. He could be a top tight end in this league. He's a beast. Who's the quarterback that's that's utilizing a type tight end in this league, though? What is your your quarterback situation moving forward after the bye? Well, obviously, you got the Dolphin game in between there. Fitzy comes out, throws five touchdowns, conversation over. But right now, what's your feeling? What would you like to see happen? See, like I told you earlier before the podcast, um, I think that Fitzpatrick didn't lose his job. He played bad. I think he played really bad, it's in my happen. opinion. Of course it's going to happen. I don't think he lost his job. But if he comes out in Miami and plays the same exact way he just did. Another clunker? If he comes out and he does not know how to move out of the pocket a little bit just to throw the ball or, or, or step up or set his feet. We just if, need if to sustain I, a few drives with if, our defense. If, if, if I see him improve from this week, he keeps his job. If he does the same exact thing he just did, two picks. If he throws two picks... You can't put a number on it. I'm putting a number on it because three was obviously one was tipped up, so I'm giving him two there. If he throws another two-pick game, I think Gino is... I think that he keeps his job halfway through the week, and if Gino's playing in practice decent, I think you throw Gino in there with the ones and see what he can do. I don't want to deal with that type of firestorm if I don't have to with the New York media. And I'm not talking on the Jets end. I'm just talking on our end. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to see it. So I don't want to be ignorant to the the kid who is going to be our starter gets punched in the jaw, loses his job, and that's it. He doesn't get it back. But we win this game pretty much regardless of Ryan Fitzpatrick's play, and unless it is just an abomination. We win this game. It's not even a conversation. We lose this game. It's possibly a conversation based on how Fitzpatrick played. And how the offense moved the ball as a whole. If it's out of his hands, it's out of his hands. But I just, I, I think the ship sailing with Fitzpatrick, we saw some of the flaws this week. We got to protect him better. You're losing a starter on the offensive line. That, that may or may not happen. You're about to play in Dominican Sioux. I just, the bye week is what makes it interesting. Because if you're going to make that move, and it was kind of what everybody had earmarked, preseason coming into 2015 that's going to be the quarterback change but we thought it'd be going the other way if you're going to make that move you then have to recommit to Gino and you have to really say we're gonna give him a fair shake I think this week is such a perfect week to judge what our quarterback situation is going to be like for the rest of the season just because if we win and Fitzpatrick plays well we're going with him forward through the bye week he's going on to Washington I think he's going on further than that if yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think I go, think you get another four weeks. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Because uh, yeah, you got to buy into Gino I, I if you go, go that way. You go right into. You probably go right into week ten there. But I think that if he plays bad, we lose. You have two weeks, two weeks of practice to think about who your quarterback's going to be, and I think that that needs to be talked about and thought about. I don't. I don't, don't want to have to cross that bridge. I don't think if we lose that Todd Bowles comes out and and says the way he did this week, Ryan's our starter, and he should have. That was the perfect way to do it. My he father is. hated that, and no, I I almost I agree he with is. it. He got in front of the story beforehand with Gino coming back, and he gets in front of it now. I think he has an outside feel or an outside plan 
on how to deal with this media and how to really deal with the quarterback situation that he signed on for. And it's probably based on experience with other places. And he's probably leaning on a guy like Bruce Arians, who dealt with a lot of quarterback problems last year. So he's just he's playing that well. I'm in. I'm on your side when it comes to getting in front of it and naming him the starter. I just think I I don't have a I problem. Think it was with the right it. thing I really to don't. do. I think you could at that point after the game you cannot just say oh he's not the starter. It's a question. I don't think he was the main reason we lost. I think again I, think I told you he was a big you, reason we lost. There is a lot of reasons though. There are a lot of reasons we lost. A big reason we were in that game. David Harris doing what David Harris does. What a beast. What a consistent beast. We talked about oh, how good's that contract look. We talked about it last week. And, it, man, it was great bringing him back. The extra pep in his step. Now, again, pass coverage has never been his thing. But that turnover in the fourth quarter with seven minutes to go in a 10-point game is the type of thing that I thought, we're going to win this game. And it was because of David Harris. He That was a picture-perfect Put that tape on for the kids. This is how you tackle, and it's it's reminiscent of David Harris's career thus far. I love David Harris. One of my favorite Jets, man. He's the most consistent. He is he is just a, a game changer. Sometimes he's a game saver. Sometimes you said it weeks ago. Hard hat and lunch bail type That's of guy. Right. That is right. He is a construction worker in my <laughs> eyes, bro. He he's a beast. He's got that big head for those big. He's a uh, foreman. He's got that get, perfect. Willing head. to get down and dirty, but a leader at the same he's time. He's got that perfect head for those. I know hard you like hats. that, pops. I know you like that out there. Dave, David Harris, you're a beast, man. Uh, keep it up, man. You're you're one of the best Jets. You're a great leader for this team. I think Mo played well too. I, let me talk about Mo. Mo is Mo, just Mo, like I said. Harris I want to talk. I want to talk about Mo's last week. Let me just throw this in there. I want to throw this on here that that Mo actually talked to the team before they went out for the game. Against the Colts, I know I sent you the video of him of him just wilding up the team, saying it's going to be a boxing match. It better be quick. Let's knock him out in the first round. I thought that I thought that was awesome. Thought that was awesome. Earmark what you just said because I'm going to be coming back to that in a moment. Another guy who I thought played well was honestly Calvin Pryor, and I'm bringing it up with a very just quiet game, but just do your job type of game. Because of how much we we personally were expecting here on the Couch Scouts and how we talked about, I need to see something, man. This kid's over-pursuing. He's this, he's that. Calvin Pryor broke down this week. Calvin Pryor made a couple open field tackles. He made a couple behind-the-line-of-scrimmage type plays where I don't know if he gets credited for the tackle, but he made the play. And the, the kid is playing well in his natural position in this defense right now. I couldn't be happier because I'm sick of watching Ha Ha Clinton Dix fly around for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I think that Calvin, my pile jumper, my spear man. I think I think that oh, we he, got two of them. You said Rontez was one of them too. Yeah, I think they're both. Yeah, they're both pile jumpers. Um, but I think that uh, that Calvin is playing fine. He's playing consistent. He's playing smart. He's playing. He's communicating out there. You're watching him talk with the rest of the defense. I like that for a young player. Um, he has talent around him now. Yeah. You he feels comfortable. You can play a little freer when Darrell Revis, who people when you, will not throw at. Exactly. When you, don't next have, when you don't have to enter the other side of the field, that, I think that helps you a lot. And you understand the game more. Because I think that Revis cutting off one, field, one side of the field, they, they can see the rest of the game much better with only half the field out there. Speaking of the defensive backfield, uh, two places I'd like to go. Crow? Is had his best game, man. Good, good for you. Look at that. Game. I didn't even know you were looking to get in on that. Had his best game, and please stop 
talking smack on my man. Because he's he a roller coaster. Is, That's exactly what you sound like. He's not a roller coaster. He's not a roller coaster. Okay. He's, he's good enough to play, and he shows up. Well, all I wanted to say was he really does look healthy. He, he, looks, <laughs> he looks like he bounced back like Superman, and I, I don't really have much worry in terms of that knee. Moving forward right now, I, I kind of think we dodged one there, and I'm hoping to dodge one with Decker and, and Cologne for that for that matter as well. How about Malden? Malden came out there and played most yes, of the and, game. Yes, and it was nice to see Malden throwing his body around a little bit, just showing trust, not not baby in his head or just baby in the situation in general. And I don't mean baby, just using that there. N- n- not really fearing any any repercussions of just going 100 miles an hour. And I think they put him out there a lot more because that's all, that's all they had, and I think Trevor Riley not being out. Gave him some more time. Good good call there on Riley because I felt Riley's started to get a decent amount of snaps in this defense. So I feel like I can lump him into. We struggled setting the edge this week. Yeah. And that's something we're not used to. And personally, I thought that Copels had a decent game. I know you don't think so, but I thought Copels had a decent game. Obviously, he didn't set the – our whole team played bad. So he had some issues. And I'm not going to blame that last play of the game on him. Uh, not, can you get your hand mine. down, though? I don't care if it's on the neck. You thought you were okay. The the play's borderline over, and he's still doing it. Yeah. It was, so it's it a call that play. should have been made. Unlike the Marshall pass interference in the end zone, if you're going to call screen for that, Marshall was getting mugged. Where was the flag on that? But I, I told you to earmark what you said about Mo there. You know who talked to us this week? Demario Davis. You're killing me, bro. He is... The high hopes that I had for what Rex called our mini Ray Lewis... And coming out, this was supposed to be a positive in his game. Pass coverage. The kid's super athletic. I, we said it during the preseason. He looks a little heavier. Now, you would think with putting on a couple pounds, if he did, he'd be hitting even a little harder. Because Ryan Matthews' 27-yard run should have been a loss of two. Yeah, I think Demario is, is our, one of our weak links on our defense, man. I uh He's disappointing. He's very disappointing. He looks like he can play in the NFL, but he doesn't know how to use his talent. And I, I think he over-pursues, under-pursues. I, I, I think he, he, he's, he's missing reads. Here. He's missing reads. Uh, um, he's, he's, getting, he's getting tired to watch. He's a little overwhelmed right now, and I don't understand why, because he seems like a very bright guy. You can't say he's not picking up the defense. He's just not making the plays when they present themselves to him. At all. At all. It's... it's it's something that other teams are going to look at, both in the David Harris aspect as well, and we're going to be attacked. Let's let's just say thanks, big ups to David Harris because he's holding both the linebacker positions down. Yeah, kind of a good way to look at it. <laughs> Definitely well put. Let's get into this this London game against the Dolphins. What's your read on it? Give me your prediction. I think we win twenty seventeen. I th- I don't think that this Tight week. Game? Yeah, I don't think this week uh, affected what I think about for the rest of the season as of right now. I think we win this game twenty seventeen. I think that uh, it is going to be tough. It's a long way to get over there, but the Miami Dolphins are doing it as well. Uh, so I think we're both in the struggle there, but I think we come out and win twenty seventeen. Twenty three sixteen Jets. I-, I think it's going to be a weird game, but. I think we bounced back well. We showed a lot of perseverance last week, tw- down 24 nothing, fighting back. That team didn't roll over. They don't seem like they're going to roll over. Speaking of London, want to uh, give a little shout-out to our UK affiliates at Biff, A-R-U Jet, Biff Sweeney, great contributor here, at UK Jets HQ, and at No Fly Zone Radio. You got the host right there. They do good work out there. 
And I'm sure they'll have Wembley rocking. That's right. I hope you guys enjoy the game over there. Till next week, Jet fans. Let's get one. Have a great week, Jet fans.